Hi, Lauren. Hi, Sam. Are you ready to talk about cargo? I am, because after all, we are the watchers of movies. Hey, everyone. This week, we decided to talk about the Netflix original, Cargo. Um, and before we talk about that movie, though, we are going to talk about a little mini topic that we do, we try to do every week. And this week's mini topic, and, you know, as far as like, kind of like in the same theme, we're going to talk about zombie movies. Zombie movies. Yay. <laughs> zombie movies. Brains. All right. Brains, 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 brains. It's like in, you know, that's what the zombies sing instead of shots. Oh, shots, yeah. shots, 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 shots. Yeah. <laughs> brains, 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 brains. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so I wrote down a couple that um, I wanted to talk about. So I don't think I ever actually saw the full film. But did you ever see Land of the Dead? It's with Asia Argento and um, Simon Baker. Oh, boy. Is that the one where they're in, like, a shopping mall? No. No. That's Dawn of the Dead. I don't think I've ever seen Land of the Dead. I don't think. Okay, so there is... Um, there's one part, and I think this is where I stopped watching it, because... This, like, group of people set this guy, they put him in a shed, and they're like, okay, you'll be safe here. Just don't do anything. And the guy breaks every single one of the windows to, like, see out, and then he dies. And I was like, they literally told you to just stay there, and you'd be safe. But then you called attention to yourself by making a lot of noise by breaking all the windows. And also, like... Like, just save your bullets and just stay there. And and after that, I was like, I I don't think I can watch the rest of this movie because it, it, it's like, <laughs> like, you got to use common sense, man. And breaking a bunch of windows and making a bunch of noise is not common sense. Yeah, no, I that's, that's really annoying in movies. I, As I've said before, something that always drives me crazy is just people's inability to keep cool and play it cool yeah. and keep safe and it's endlessly aggravating to watch <laughs> i know i know especially when like the the antagonists in your life are not intelligent they're basically these lumbering like logs of teeth um <laughs> it's like you know i mean they don't move fast in the film they're like one of the slower moving zombies. So it's not like like that person doesn't have an excuse to as to why they did the things that they did. And so anyway, so there was also like a weird scene where I feel like there is a lot of motorcycles in a cage and Asia Argento was like in the middle of like all these motorcycles, like driving around her. And that's all I remember from the movie. But I wanted to talk about that one. Because it was just such a, like, a prime example of, like, a dumb thing that got someone killed and, like, could have been totally prevented and wasn't. 
And it really annoyed me. And I, I was like, nope, nah, fuck the rest of this movie. I don't care. I used to like Simon Baker, too, but I don't, I kind of like, I don't know. I don't see enough of his stuff to, like, be a big fan, you know? Yeah, I I liked The Mentalist when it was on TV. <laughs> but I don't care I for never saw that so one. Much. Yeah, it was like a TV show called The Mentalist. But anyway... Yeah, I think that's a common Did you theme ever see, um, in zombie movies, though. Yeah, I agree. It's just... uh, did you ever see uh, The Affair of the Necklace? No. Mm-mm. That was a good one. I think you'd like that one. It's like about the events that led up to Marie Antoinette being executed, essentially. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, I bet it, yeah, it sounds yeah. like something I would like, yeah. With, um, yeah, yeah. what's her name? Um, Hilary Swank. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, she's good. I like her. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I agree with you. It's like a common theme in, in zombie films where someone does something dumb and then they get killed and you're just like, can't help you if you don't make smart decisions, <laughs> you know? Yeah, so, I think part of the, like, part of yeah. the, the shtick and the appeal of a zombie movie for some people, though, is, like gruesome deaths you know so i think that's yeah. like that comes with the territory to some extent like scary movies there's always somebody stupid who dies so i don't know if that's a trope that i particularly enjoy because i agree with you i think it's it's pretty stupid when people make obviously stupid decisions and get killed for it you know it's i feel like it's different if it's a character that i don't like and then they make a dumb decision, and I'm like, oh, that's sad. But in reality, I'm like, you were kind of a dick, so maybe you had it coming. I don't know, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, what What did you write? What, did you, what kind of, what movies did you put down? Well, I had, um, did you ever see World War Z? I did not. I think the concept, I know it was based on a book, but I never read the book. So I'm only going on the movie. And I really liked the concept of World War Z a lot. Um, I I thought that there were some things in the movie that weren't particularly good. Like Brad Pitt survives a, a plane crash, which we've already talked about. I really don't like in any movie. But <laughs> the movie itself, like the lore and the creativity they used... Probably, I guess Max Brooks is the one who wrote the book, so I guess it's probably all came from his brain, but it's just pretty awesome. Like, I can, I mean, I'm going to spoil it for you, because it's a movie podcast. So, the zombies, basically, the zombies won't go after people who are terminally ill. They just pass them right by. Oh. And so, Brad Pitt's character goes on this journey to sort of figure out what makes them tick, and how to defeat them and everything, and he discovers that. And he goes to this lab and they figure out, I guess, sort of like a vaccine, which is giving your body something that will trick your body into thinking it has an illness or something so that the zombies will not go after you. So it was was really interesting. I just think in practice, there's aspects of the movie that are that probably could have been done better, but it's good. I, I, I enjoyed it despite all that. Um, So I would recommend it. I should see that. You know that um, Max Brooks is Mel Brooks' son? I did know that, yeah. And um, 
I have one of his books. It's called like How to Survive a Zombie Apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, he wrote like the Zombie Survival Guide, I think, and then World War Z, and then that it must be yeah, he's, yeah. Like, he's oh, he really likes preparing people for zombie apocalypses. Yeah. Yeah, I it's am... really well thought out. Like I read it and I was very like, I'm like, wow, there's stuff in here that I wouldn't even think of, you know, right. It's like, I, I'm impressed. I'm impressed with it. It's a good survival guide. Something that I really like about zombie movies is uh, it's actually something that I, I think just like a monster movie in general is the buildup. Like the first act is always most of the time really fun. Like when the danger is just starting and you don't really know what's happening. I really like that. The second yeah. act, when they're kind of like on the lam and they're trying to survive, I like that. But then a lot of times I feel like the endings sort of are hit or miss for me. But the ending of World War Z I, I really enjoyed. Um, the Walking Dead, the show The Walking Dead, did you ever watch that? I've seen like one episode and I... I I don't know. It didn't appeal to me. It was very, very slow. And I was like, I don't think I'm ever going to watch this again, to be honest with you. Yeah, I don't care for it either. But I think the first couple episodes I thought were kind of intriguing because, you know, like the guy wakes up, he doesn't really know what's going on and there's some interesting stuff. But then it, yeah, it gets boring and I can't believe that it's been on for as long as it has, but I don't care for it. And it's really gross. It's been on for a long time. Yeah. And there's like an offshoot of it. There's like, um, Fear the Walking Dead. Oh yeah. Fear the Walking Dead. Yeah. Yeah. But I think 28 Days Later is an awesome zombie movie as well. (laughs) I love 28 Days Later. Oh, that's a good one. Um, that's a good one. And that one's like. I think they really get into kind of what human, um, like human nature is about, like with the Christopher Eccleston's character and like his band of like army guys. And they're like going to keep the girls as like, uh, like that, like really bummed me out. And I know like it was a great part of the story because it's like, well, that makes sense that this would happen because like, you know, people are like can be really terrible but um that movie was that was a good one i agree that was a really good one i was, I, I was just thinking of one yeah i love Danny and i Boyle, can't think of what i was and thinking I think of he, he does a really good job with like music and visual so there's just a lot of really yeah. good good movie making stuff in that in 28 days later as well that i I really like. And I like that Killian Murphy, when the movie came out, was relatively unknown to me. So I thought that was kind of cool that the movie was... I mean, I guess um, Donald Gleason's dad. What's his name? Oh, uh, Brendan Gleason? Brendan Gleason. I guess he was... I didn't, he was in they, it. Was they were, I didn't know. But I didn't know who he was at the time. Really yeah. Either. But, I mean, other people probably did. But I just... I don't know. And Naomi Harris. I, I really like that movie. I totally forgot that Killian Murphy was in that movie. Like, that was kind of like his first big... That's the first thing I ever saw His first big thing that got him out there. I think he was in a movie about... Where he played like a cross-dresser, I think, maybe before that. And I can't remember the title. But yeah, the first thing I ever saw him in was 28 Days Later. And then, a few years after that, some geniuses had the idea to make a trash movie called 28 Weeks Later, which I thought is an abomination and should never have been made or existed. 
but... I don't remember 28 Weeks Later. I think I own 28 Days Later. I think. I really need to, like, create, like, a Rolodex of, like, all the movies I own. Because it's getting to the point where I'm like, I'm pretty sure I own that movie. But I gotta tell you, if someone was holding a gun to my head and they're like, are you fucking positive? I'd be like, no, I'm not! <laughs> you if know? Someone was so. holding a, if someone was holding a gun to my head and it was contingent on what movies I owned, I'd already be like, well, they're crazy. I'm probably gonna die anyway. <laughs> yeah that's I guess that's a pretty fair way of viewing that situation um I also wrote down the death cure oh I because never saw that. remember oh, no I did we saw that together no 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 we saw it together yeah, yeah. Remember, remember we went in it yeah yeah and we like we had no idea what we were gonna see yeah we we had no idea what we were going into and um and it ended up being like a zombie film and we were both like holy shit i had no idea that we were like this was a zombie film because it's the sequel to the maze runner so it's yeah it was unexpected yeah and so the and the maze runner had no zombie in it but i remember that movie like there's a couple parts where that movie like creeped me out. I remember like grabbing your arm or something at really? some points and being like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> yeah, I remember I being like remember freaked that. out. Um, <laughs> I remember like, it I, was pretty fun because I we went late could at have night been... to see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I think the best part about it about it was that neither of us had like any idea what we were going into. So then. These zombies came out of nowhere, and we were like, this is a zombie movie? Like, yeah. we were looking at each other like, what are we watching? Yeah, <laughs> you know? I totally agree. And it's like, oh, this is pretty fun. Now that I know it's a zombie movie, it's pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, and they were, like, really fast moving, weren't they, or something? And, like, yeah. it was just, it was good. It's creepy. I liked it. Um. I also wrote down I Am Legend. I don't know if you'd really consider that a zombie movie. I would because when I was thinking, when you, I think, I think I would because you would. it's like, I think zombie movies and virus movies, as long as the virus doesn't just kill people, but when the virus turns people into like ravenous lunatics, I sort of classify those all almost together. Even if they don't necessarily crave brains, I still kind of see them as like the zombie genre. Yeah. Um, when you watch it with subtitles, they call them hemokites. So, which, I mean, hemo means blood. I don't know what, it's like C-Y-T-E. So it's like hemo, C-Y-T-E, hemokite. I don't know if that's, or site, hemocyte, whatever. Anyway, and I'm like, oh, interesting. So they're calling them a name that's based in blood, which makes me think that they're like, what was I calling? I was calling them... I was calling them um, zombi- zompires, <laughs> like zombie vampires, <laughs> zompires. <laughs> um, I, you know, I was just thinking of another movie and now I can't think of what I was thinking of. But I Am um, Legend, I, I like, I, I actually really enjoy I Am Legend. I really like. Um, oh, same here. I like how we get to see how he is surviving. I really, there's, like, yeah. the scene when he comes back to his house and he, like, douses his steps and I don't know if it's, like, vinegar or alcohol, I don't know, but he douses his steps so they can't trace his path. And then they show him, like, in the bathtub with his dog, just freaked out because you can hear the zombies outside. 
or whatever they are outside and it's really creepy and I I really like that. I like that seeing that he has the whole city to himself and it's it's a fun movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a good that's a good one. I like Will Smith. I did also just really quickly we don't have to like go into it but I did also write down Warm Bodies which I I enjoyed. Did you see Warm Bodies with Nicholas Holt? Oh okay. I did not see. I didn't see Warm I Bodies. I've heard it's very cute though. Yeah, it's it's like a very it's sort of a different zombie movie and I I enjoyed that aspect of it. So like I know, I know what happens in it, um, but yeah, I never saw it. I've, I've been told that it's cute. Mm-hmm. So it's cute. Cute is probably know. the the best word to but. describe it. Um, it makes brains sort of yeah. look like cotton candy, which I've never seen a a zombie movie that e- where eating brains didn't totally gross me out. But <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that one is <laughs> a good example, I guess, of one that's not as gross. But he does eat a lot of brains. <laughs> Um, what if there's like some movie I feel like where someone's eating brains and I was like, that looks weirdly good. <laughs> it's oh, like, geez. but it's not a zombie movie. It's like, I want to say it's the second Indiana Jones film, but no, I don't think that's it. I don't know. Whatever. There was some movie where I saw where I was like, huh, that doesn't actually look terrible, but it wasn't. Yeah. I don't know. It wasn't a zombie film. Yeah. Either way, but oh well. Um, but do you want to talk about the movie? Sure. How did you think about the film? Or how did <laughs> how did you feel about the film? I I really enjoy it. I find the concept to be super creative. I have some issues with it. I think it's too long. I started to lose interest a little bit in the middle around the time when he was with the weird guy and the woman that he kidnapped. I, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started to get kind of bored and thinking like, and I've seen this movie before. I've seen it once before. And I knew that that was kind of the case that I liked the movie, but it it's a little bit long. I think they can trim it down. They could have trimmed it down and it would have been better, but I, I'm not saying it's bad. I think it's it's a really cool concept, and Martin Freeman does an amazing job, and I really like um, some of the concepts in it, like the Aborigines. I think that's really interesting, and I wish they were in it a little bit more and maybe explained a little bit better. And I like, I just I like the the scenery. He's in the outback, and I think it's a really it's a really good movie. It's really creative. What do you think of it? I think so too. I loved it. I think it's I think it's awesome. I think it's it's a very unique zombie film in that it's not driven by gore or mm-hmm. like fear, but rather like it's uh it's an emotionally driven and character driven film. Yes. Um and I think that as far as within the I mean obviously you know, film to film is going to be different. Um I feel like 30 day or 30, what is it? 30 days later, 30 days later, 30 weeks later, 30 days later. What is this? 28 days later, 28 days later. Okay. Um. I was just letting you figure it out on your own because I couldn't believe it. I appreciate it. I thought, let her work it out. Um. Let her work it out. 28 days later. Um, 
I think 28 Days Later is also very character driven. So I'm not saying that it's like solely like alone in the fact that it's the only character driven zombie film out there. But however, I feel like most of them are not and they're not emotionally driven. It's more um, whereas this one is and it's just like it's a very heartbreaking to watch because this guy is like doing whatever he can, you know, and he knows inevitably it has to end. And it's just, it's like a very, it's just a very, it's good. I really liked it. Yeah. Very something much. I, something I really love is the, like the little kits that presumably the government gave them or has like papers mm-hmm. that show what symptoms he'll go through. And then they have these watches, like little like Fitbits that they put on that tells them, you know, like in 40 hours, you're going to succumb to the the virus or whatever, and you'll become a full zombie. And it has like little tools in there. So like a mouth guard that he put in and he tied his hands together, you know, so he couldn't hurt anybody. And it has like a little suicide device. So if you get bitten, you, you want to just kill yourself and... I really like that aspect, and that's something I've—I don't think I've ever seen in a zombie movie. Is just—I loved it when they open the little box in the beginning, and you see the card that shows like pictures of the symptoms that you could go through when you get bit. And I thought that was yeah. so cool. Probably one of the coolest things in the movie, and one of the most unique things. And and I, whoever thought of that. Two thumbs up to that person because I, I thought that was awesome. Just an amazing attention to detail. And yeah. It also makes it seem a little bit more hopeless because the government is giving them these kits. So it seems yeah. like almost... The suicide there's, kit? There's yeah. No, it, this isn't going to be ending anytime soon. So we're create we're putting our manpower toward making these kits, basically. And I... Yeah. It's a really cool touch. It is. And... It's, it's also very much like, it's scary because, you know, it's, these people are, are like doing whatever they can to survive knowing that it's not getting better. It's just like, it's just a day to day thing. You just got to do what you got to do day to day to make sure you keep living, you know, and, um, with like the Aborigines and everything and how they're they're using a lot of fire to like attract them and then kill them was clever. And also I don't know if I've ever seen a zombie film that actually took place in Australia. You know, it's usually like the United States yeah, or the UK. Yeah. Um, makes me wonder too, since Australia is just this big old continent by itself, you know, in the middle of the ocean, if, like, the other, like, the rest of the world is affected, you know? Yeah, and that's actually, that's something that they touched on in the movie 28 Days Later as well, which I always kind of liked. He's laying on the ground and he sees a plane fly over, so he realizes that it's just the UK that's affected. Uh-huh. So I think it's it's an interesting concept. Yeah, like, like you said, is if they were able to leave Australia, would they actually find safety, you know? Because it's... It's an right. island continent. Yeah. So I wish, actually, I, I wish they sort of 
would have explored that a little bit more, maybe even. But it's such a maybe because it's such a close knit story. They didn't they didn't want to take that into account. Well, and it seems like with them living on the houseboat that there's just a lack of um, any sort of connection with the outside world. You know, they're very isolated. They're in the middle of they're like in the middle of nowhere in, you know, they there's like a tiny little village, like an Aborigines village. But other than that, it, it's like it's like this vast landscape of nothing. So it kind of. It could be just them, but they may not know. And maybe that's why the director, or the writer decided to do it that way, because they want you as the viewer to also be like literally in the same boat as these people where you're like, oh, I have no idea what's going on in the world. And they don't either, because mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like they have access to electricity other than that one guy, Vic, um, And, I mean, it's, I thought that for how isolating the landscape is that they could have added a little bit more of that into the film, that feeling of isolation. Um, But I didn't ever really feel like they did that. You know, I didn't, I didn't get that vibe from it. Yeah, well, something about the movie that sort of bothered me if I think too deeply about it is it it seemed like he operated in like a one mile radius and that kind of bothered me. It didn't seem like he made any headway getting anywhere. And I don't know if that's like allegorical or if that's just this is the area we have to film in and we can't film anywhere else for budgetary reasons or whatever. But it seems like he... They got off the river, they found a car, and they drove for a while, and then he got in that accident. But it seemed like they'd been driving for a little while, but then he was able to walk back to the river later, and they found that weird hospital, and then he was able to go back to... And I just... I wasn't sure... And the landscape, I wasn't sure what... what, It seemed like he was just walking in a big circle the whole time, and and that really bothered me. And then... When him and the little girl were finally trying to go back to her tribe, then Vic was suddenly there, and I thought, how did he get there? You know, it's it's like they were, yeah, it was like a like a hair space between them the whole time, and and that kind of bugged me. It was almost too convenient, and it seemed like they just were walking forever, but never actually going anywhere. Right. Um. No, it does seem like that. And it could have been, it could have been Andy. So that's Martin Freeman's character. It could have been his mental state. Yeah, that's a good point. And maybe he was just like, I mean, he's, he's essentially his entire, the entire, you know, chemical balance of his body is starting to change and adjust to become this, this creature. Um, And since they're so unintelligent anyway, if he is just going around in a circle, maybe he just, he's just losing his mind, you know? Uh, yeah, that's a good uh, way of His brain, yeah. I mean, I think that, so he saw that family, and I wanted to actually talk about them. So the family with the, the two kids, and they were celebrating the birthday. Um, I remember the first time I saw that, when they, the dad showed his gun, like, stay away from my kids. 
I remember the first time seeing that going like, those people are going to be dead by the end of this film. Like, I just knew. Oh, yeah. Like, I knew. I was like, I was like, he's going to kill his kids. And I was right. (laughs) Like, I was totally right about that. Um, Because I just had a feeling. I was like, they're celebrating. They're making a lot of noise. And the zombies are attracted to noise. And they're attracted to sense. So if they're making a lot of noise, clearly it's kind of like a, it doesn't seem like they maybe care what's happening to them. But also then you see later that the dad got bit and he's building that like grave for his family or he's uh, uh, digging the grave for his family. And um, that, I don't know, it it was, I, I just had a feeling from like the moment they showed him that I was like, this whole family is not going to survive. Like there's going to be something that's going to happen to them. We're going to come back to it and they're going to be dead by the end of the film. That's yeah. That's what I thought. That's, that's pretty astute. I thought their storyline was pretty sad. Um, I really liked it though. I sad in like a dark, dark way. And, and I, I thought it was interesting just showing how, like how hopeless the situation was that the dad got bit so he's gonna kill his perfectly healthy wife and young daughters yeah and i i don't know it was it was an interesting part of the movie i i thought it was good yeah a good addition i think it's it's a it's a situation that Obviously, no one ever wants to put their family in where they have to decide, like, should I cause their death in order to prevent future, like, worse things happening to them? Or do I just let them survive on their own and I'm gone, you know? Um, And he might have turned on them. And I can understand. I can understand why he would do that. Honestly, like, it's they're young kids. They were like five, you know, it's like. They can't survive on their own. What if something happens to their mom? Um, and who knows? She might not be very, like, survival survival savvy. I, like, Lord knows I'm not. <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't be able to. I have absolutely no survival skills whatsoever. And that's why I don't go outside. Because I might have to survive outside. And I can't without <laughs> internet. <laughs> I'm like, let me just Google it. Shit, I don't have internet here. (laughs) Google how to... Google, Siri, how do you start a fire? (laughs) Anyway, I'm just being a butt. Um, So, so do you... I wrote this down. And so Andy's wife, he called her Blue, but I think her name was Kay. Um... Did she look like a poor man's Virginia Madsen to you? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> yeah. I like wrote that down. I was like, she's a poor man's Virginia Madsen. So I I was kind of writing down things that were happening like in the film. And, you know, like if he, so when he went into the sailboat, when, when Andy went into the sailboat, and he was gathering food, which obviously, like, that's something you have to do if you scrounge 
you know, to survive. Um, but he hears <clears throat> like a knocking in the other room. So like the door like and then opens he, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, okay, fuck it, I'm out of here. Um, but my, so, so I noticed that, you know, he's talking to his wife and he's like, yeah, every, everything's fine. It was fine. Um, but if he hadn't just told her it was fine, if he had been honest with her and been like, actually, I heard something. So I got out of there, you know, she would have lived and so would have he like yeah i think (laughs) i think it's amazing how much the movie hinged on just if she'd never gone into the boat but i don't think yeah and i agree with you but in the same aspect like i don't think he thought she would even want to go in there because he brought all the food out he said i found all this food so i i think in his mind there's no reason for her to go over there you know um, right. And also, there's no reason to needlessly make her worry, because he never actually saw anybody. He just, the door seemingly opened a little bit, which could have been something shifting in the boat, or could have been somebody, you know? So, I on, at the same time, I think there really wasn't anything for him to tell her. So, I just think it was, like, this terrible accident, you know? But yeah, I I was thinking yeah. that when it happened, I thought if he would have just said something like, I got everything out that was salvageable, or I heard a noise, so I got out as fast as I could, but I got everything that was salvageable just to show there was danger. But yeah, I mean, I don't think he ever considered that she would want to go over there. But she saw that bottle of wine and for their anniversary, and so she... I think she wanted to see if there was a razor because she said, oh, was there a razor over there? So he would like spruce up or something, you know, right. something kind of sweet. Yeah. It seemed like she wanted to give him, like he got her a gift, so she wanted to get something for him too. Right. And understandable, I mean, you know, you got to do what you got to do to keep your marriage alive during the zombie apocalypse. Like, um, but also if when she was sitting at the tree and she's like slowly turning and he, like, puts her in the car. If he had left her there, he also would have survived. I just, like... Yeah, I... And I get well. why he didn't. Yeah, I like, I get why he didn't. It's his wife. He loves her. If I was him, I probably would have done the same exact thing. Because I, you know, you want to save the person that you're with. Even if it's, like, a sort of denial thing where you're, like... I know that you're going to die, but I don't want you to. And so I'm going to do whatever it takes, you know, to make this sure this doesn't happen. Even if I know like deep down inside that regardless of whatever I try, it doesn't matter. And um, I think especially feeling that level of hopelessness. And especially when you have a little baby with you, that's like, you know, I don't know, maybe one and a half or something. She was tiny. She was a little thing. And he's suddenly alone and he doesn't want his wife, anything to happen to his wife. And that's where I feel like having a sense of isolation would have been important to the story to just show how alone he actually was. You know what I mean? And now he only has his baby and 
it's just a vast landscape and he doesn't know where he's going or what he's looking for. He's just trying to find help, you know? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, I actually thought, so I I have to go back to that Fitbit you mentioned. No, they're not Fitbits, but yeah, they look like them. I mean, essentially, um, I actually thought they were taking their temperature. I didn't realize that they were like counting down. Oh, yeah, I, countdown. I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was, like, because I even looked up, like, Celsius compared to Fahrenheit, and I was like, wow, her temperature's 119. I'm like, that's crazy. <laughs> like, but <laughs> it makes more sense that it's a countdown. <laughs> Especially <laughs> Rather since than he, a... he referenced it multiple times, being a countdown. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't catch that. I was aware and watching the whole movie. I didn't fall asleep once, I swear. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. That's all right. Uh, Oh, well, you know, I do what I can. Um, What else? Okay, so. So they're in the car. Andy and Kay and the baby. And I like that her way of indicating to him that something was coming was using the turn signal. Yeah. Versus like I yelling. That was creative. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that. Um, the way that those zombies move is intensely creepy. The like disjointed, like, like, um, shuddering kind of like jerky movements. Like it's so, it's like, um, did you ever see Jacob's Ladder? Yeah, we watched. Not it the together. new one. They re- what? The new one? We watched it together. The, the old one, one. Like Tim Robbins, the old one. Tim Robbins. Isn't that who? Isn't it? We watched it. Yeah, at Amanda's house. But, okay, okay. I was like, oh, you were there because I'm like, I watched it at Amanda's house. <laughs> Where did you see it? Okay, so uh, there is a like a it was like a newfound type of technology or not a type of technology, but it was a type of of way of filming where someone like moves their head really fast and they increase it. So it looks like it's going even faster and it's supposed to like unnerve the viewer. I felt like that was very similar with the way that the zombies moved was that it was just like, you knew something's not right when someone starts walking like that. And that's what makes you like so uneasy. And so, you know, freaked out about these like lumbering, twitchy, creepy creatures that have like, goo dripping from them i also thought that was interesting the goo like it was almost like a chrysalis you know yeah i Um, thought that was a really nice touch and um really gross but really good as well yeah yeah it was like a yeah and no it was definitely gross um (laughs) i was watching and there was a couple times where i was like like, (laughs) so uh, but also interesting in that in other films, they, like, someone gets bit and they're like, no one can know I've gotten bit and I'm going to hide it from everyone until I turn, you know. Um, but with this, with the goo, it's like people know that you're turning because your body's starting to produce this liquid that people who are not turning do not, you know, don't produce. So, uh, that I think is definitely an interesting way of like, 
anyone who is not is is slowly like not turning is like shit dude like you need to get out of here because you're you're gonna turn and we can't I can't be you know like I need to be safe so uh I like that I like that part yeah I like something that I also really liked in addition to that is how he would every once in a while sort of start to get like the urges that the zombies would get like to bury his head in the sand and he would have like like a seizure and things like that and I thought that was an interesting touch like you could see it was slowly overtaking him but his his will to find safety for his daughter was like keeping it at bay as much as is possible and I but I liked seeing that he had to fight those urges as the movie went on. I thought that was a really cool little addition. Yeah. Yeah. Like when they're in that, um, the section of like the stone, like the big stones and he's like licking the wall of blood, you know, Yeah, mm-hmm. that was creepy. Yeah. Um, I thought it was creepy. Yeah. Big time. So, so, okay. I wanted to talk about, I think her name was Etta. She was the teacher. Mm hmm. That, yeah. So, first of all, why was Etta sitting in total darkness? <laughs> Secondly, um, do you think that that big scar on her head, like, was an indication that she maybe was, like, suffering from, like, cancer or brain cancer or something? Um, yeah, I think that's why he didn't leave the baby with her, because she was taking medicine, and then she took her wig off so he could see that she was terminally ill. Okay. So I'm pretty sure yeah. that's that's why he didn't uh, leave the baby with her. Yeah, I liked her. Me too. I, uh, I, was, sad that, I was sad that he couldn't leave the Rosie with her, the baby Rosie with her. I, but, I know. I mean, the movie would have been, and like, And, like, she would have been in good hands. But, <laughs> yeah. that's true that's true that's very true and then they introduce Vic and his wife or his his girl his girlfriend wife whatever Rainy um and my god Vic is such a creep like keeping first of all what what were you saying no go ahead um so, you know, they, they they first show his wife or his girlfriend. I don't... You think it's his wife it's when it starts. obviously... Right. Obviously, as you're seeing them, you know, interact with each other, that she's clearly, like, very afraid of him. You know, like, he kisses her and it's like, she just has this look, like, her whole body's, like, rigid. Like, she doesn't want him to touch her. And, you know, then... Like, later, he hits her. You don't ever see it, but you see the bruise on her face. Um, but then he's keeping these live people, these aborigines, in cages to attract these zombies so he can kill them. But also, he's very creepy. But as you were saying before, I think they could have pretty much cut out Vic and Rainy. And not included them. And I don't think, I think they could have, like, I don't think it would have made a huge difference to the film. Yeah, I don't, I didn't care for their storyline at all. And I mean, I get a little bit tired of the the male villain who t- 
takes a female as his, like, prisoner slash weird wife, sex slave, probably, or something. I don't, I think that's, that's such an unoriginal storyline, it actually starts to bother me, because I, I, I don't, I don't care about it. I, I don't care about seeing women victimized in that way. I, I don't. You're, you're, you don't have empathy for the character. He's purely evil. He's a bad guy through and through. Yeah. And I just, I don't care. I don't care about his storyline. I found their storyline to be quite boring and very predictable. Um, and I thought if they would have taken their storyline out and just maybe put a little bit more of the Aborigine storyline in and ex- described their culture a little bit more, I think it would have been a better movie because I also don't really enjoy child characters that are too wise for their own good. Like, I didn't really care that Tool... What's her name? Tula? Tuli? Tomi. 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 I, I didn't really necessarily love that Tomi was, like, teaching him the old the old ways of her tribe and, like, where I don't know where, where did she learn these things. She just seemed like... I didn't like that she seemed like a 40-year-old woman in a child's body. That that kind of bothers me. Uh, but not enough to, like, ruin the movie. I just sort of wish that they could have found a way to explain the culture of the Aborigines and explain what they were doing without making it, like, oh, here's this sage child who knows all. That kind of storytelling mm-hmm. sort of gets on my nerves, but not as much as the Vic storytelling but i really liked yeah him as a bad guy keeping the aborigines in in cages to attract the zombies i thought that's a a really terrible storyline but a really great villain maneuver for something to like come like for evil to come back onto vic like as a vehicle for oh yeah for getting Vic his comeuppance, I kind of wish that he would have died earlier in the movie instead of coming back. Like, I sort of wish that if they were going to have him in it, that there would have been some sort of, like, retribution with him keeping people in cages, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. Like an ironic twist of fate? Yeah. Or something? Like, like he ends up in the cage? Yeah. He ends up in the cage or something like that. Because... That's a really good, I think there's a really good com like a social commentary in the movie about like the indigenous tribes and also just about how people don't usually come together in a crisis. People usually fall apart in a crisis, you know. So I think there are some interesting themes right. and maybe they could have explored the them a little bit further, but Yeah. Um I agree with that. I think that you know it's it is it's a good social commentary it's a white dude who's putting people of color in cages and it's horrible and it's so awful and it's just like it's almost amazing how just how like how purely awful this guy is you know he's so willing to to kidnap people, shove them in cages. So they're like in this super terrifying situation um, and just leaving them there. And then he was going after them again. But I also have to say that I totally agree with you about bringing him back. I didn't think that was necessary. There was no real reason to bring him back. Um, They could have walked through that tunnel with 
the only, you know, uh, conflict of it being these creepy zombies, right. you know, yeah. um, like near maybe like the entrance or, or like, you know, like they walk through and you're seeing all these zombies have their heads like pressed to the wall and they're hibernating as she says, which I am not really sure how she knew that. Um, that's another thing. Like, but I, did, I didn't care for. I didn't care for how I she how wise she was. Yeah, I think, I think movies have an issue with creating uh, child characters that are just children. You know, yep. like I agree. That's yeah. it. Like, instead, they're making these like super precocious. I know everything, child, and I'm like, have you met a child? Like, they can be smart, but they're children. They mm-hmm. just want to play and have fun. Like, they don't think like that. It, they, it's, it, they, they don't have that, you know, sense of, like, worldliness or they know all this information about these, these the ghosts, as she called them, Toomey called them. Um, and also, why wouldn't he know that? Like, if she knew it, why wouldn't he, you yeah, know? That's, yeah, that's exactly my issue with her character. And it's not a bad, like, I still didn't mind her character, but things like that really bothered me. So I agree with you. Right. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's big time the writer is, and I'm saying this just in general as to um, children in films, you know, like we kind of talked about like in Once Upon a Time, Julia Butter's character was like this really precocious child, but that worked for her character. But like, but yeah, I no, I, I see what you mean. Time. It's Once Upon a Time. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Sorry. Once oh, Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I, I thought you were talking about that TV I've been show. watching. <laughs> okay. I was kind of, I started rewatching that TV show. Yeah, you mentioned it's that. Just, it's so bad. Episode. It's so bad. It's just not, it's just not good. It's like, I stopped. I was watching it for Colin O'Donoghue and I was like, sorry, babe, you're not worth it enough <laughs> for me to go through the show. <laughs> um, yeah, um, no, I was talking about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but yeah, I, I don't know, I, well, I, I just think <sighs> I I think it's kind of lazy. It's lazy to make like for some reason this kid knows everything. It's just oh, this is a good way for us to explain things that we would normally have to take more time to explain, or you know, we'd have to have an adult explain. Let's just make the kid know everything, and I don't really like that. Even in like Mike and I rewatched the movie Signs recently. And there's even a tiny, tiny bit of signs that kind of bothers me about Abigail Breslin's character being like, I dreamed this, and I think, like, oh, that tiny little bit. It doesn't necessarily bother me in Signs, because Signs is such a strong movie, but I still don't love it when kids seemingly have this connection to, like, a different dimension or this connection to the world that I, I don't know why they would have it, and I don't know why... They don't act like children, but that that really gets on my nerves when I see it in movies, and to 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 varying degrees. Because I also think Cargo is a very strong movie, so her character being that way doesn't ruin the movie for me. I just, if they would have asked my opinion, I would have said, eh, maybe tweak it, you know, before 
yeah. the final product. Well, and you know what they, as far as like Toomey and her character goes, what they could have done is they could have gotten rid of Vic and Rainey and then um, kind of went, because so her dad was named Willie, and they if they kind of went into Toomey and Willie's story, yeah. like how he turned, that would have been interesting. I agree. And mm-hmm. uh, like definitely would have added a depth to her character that we had not seen. And also, I, that's that's a really good there's idea. There's really yes. no, yeah. There's really no reason to have Vic and Rainey in there, other than for uh, Andy to free Toomey from the cage. But the thing is that they've met before. They they cross path paths before he let her out of that cage. So what makes it necessary to have these two characters if you've already had these two characters? Or let me start that over again. What is the reason to have Vic and Rainey to have this storyline happen when they've already had Toomey and Andy cross paths? You know, there's it's yeah. like you don't need to add that in there because it's already happened. So I think there's I agree with you. I totally agree with you. I think there's something to the storyline of he has to get separated from his daughter for X amount of time because that adds a little bit of tension. So that could have been the only reason that Vic was in the movie. But they could have done that in any number of other ways. And I totally agree with you. I think Toomey and Willie's story would have been... Because they were... Like, Toomey was a main character for all intents and purposes. So getting more of her background and getting more of, like, the Aborigine culture, I think would have been incredible. But there's, I don't know, like, a sick fascination with, like, victimizing women and making evil men yeah. victimize women. And you don't ever see anything like that. You can just tell that something is happening. But I just get so tired of it. It's so boring, you know. And yeah. I totally agree with you. I think a, a much stronger story would have been give us some backstory about this little girl. Yeah, that's, yeah. I like that. Yeah. That's you know, cause, really good. Yeah, I mean, she's taking care of her dad and she's refusing to leave him. And she thinks that if she gets the clever man, who is what I am assuming is like an Aborigines elder, you know? Mm-hmm. I um, think so, yeah. Well, I mean, you do, you do, and he is introduced in the film, but he's always kind of seen as like that stereotypical, like old wise man, you know? Yeah. Like he's, I mean, he's a stereotype, more or less. Uh, and then. You know, yeah, like you don't you don't ever find out what happened to Willie, how he changed, why she was separated from her family, why she was trying to hide from her mother, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I'm assuming that she was trying to hide from her mother because they wanted to kill Willie because he was a zombie because they do end up doing that. You don't see it on screen, but they end up, you know, doing it and then they bury him in the trees or whatever. Yeah. Um and that was, I mean, it was interesting to see the way that they buried him, I thought. But, yeah, there, there's really not a lot to her story or her character other than the fact that she wants to save her dad, which is heartbreaking because she clearly doesn't understand that he's past the point of no return um, and he can't be helped. But it, it's like, it, it's just... I don't know. I think that 
maybe there's less focus on her because she's Aborigines or what? I don't know. But well, I, I think saying, that that would have made the film all that all that more stronger, you know? Yeah, I was I was thinking like I was really glad that at the end of the movie like the elder didn't cure Martin Freeman cuz I was afraid mm-hmm. that that I knew that like obviously this time when I watched it I I knew what happened, but I I just I would I I think it would have cheapened the movie because she said something like I have to take him to, you know, to him because if somebody loses their soul, they can get it back. And, and so I think she thought that her dad could be healed. And I was like, Oh, I hope that, I hope that Martin Freeman doesn't weirdly get like healed or something at the end. Cause I, I don't think I would have liked that. But so I was glad that they just, I thought it was a really, I really liked the ending. I really liked how, yeah they rigged up a system for him to sort of carry them both. And when the, the, he was going to, what was his name? The, the wise man, the, um, the clever man, the clever man was about to put a spear through Martin Freeman's, Martin Freeman's chest, I guess. Toomey stopped him. And I thought, Oh gosh, are they going to like set him free? And I was really anxious because I was like don't just set him free <laughs> but then she sprayed the perfume like his wife's perfume and I thought that was really sweet yeah. and then and then she nodded and then they killed him and I thought that was just like a really good ending and she his, held his hand yeah his character had a really yeah. good ending and it was it was so like he succeeded it was it was so good yeah yeah it was so bittersweet and then like on the tummy on Rosie's tummy the baby is written thank you. Yeah, I yeah. love that. And it's like oh man, I was sitting there like no joke. Like so I finished like, about 20 minutes before we started like recording and I was sitting there like tears just streaming down my face. Like I'm just like, "Oh my god, this is so sad." And like but so good and I completely agree with you. I think it was an excellent ending for his character. They couldn't have done it any better. And, you know, when they do have those, like, weird, like, sudden plot twists where suddenly someone has the cure and they've had it all this time, it's like, first of all, you fucking asshole, why are you sitting on this cure when all these people are dying? Like, that's horrible. (laughs) And secondly, why wouldn't we have heard of that before? You know? And it's like... And it's not, like, some scientist in a lab that's discovering it. It's, like, some random guy that has, like, a bunch of, like, herbs that he's using or, or plants to cure these people. Like, it just doesn't – that that would have been out, totally out of left field, and it would have been really, really bad. I, I completely agree with that. And I think I've seen that in other films where they do shit like that, and I'm just like, I don't even like this movie anymore because the ending was so dumb, you know? And – but I didn't feel that way about Cargo. I, I completely agree with you. I love that she sprayed the perfume. Um, and he kind of like, you can almost for like a split second, see like a little bit of humanity in yeah. him. Like he's like, oh, that's my wife's perfume. And then he dies. And that's yeah. it. It's very that's peaceful. Good. And it's really good. Yeah. And he doesn't have to like turn into like a monster. You know, he doesn't have to right. turn into like an animalistic creature he can just die and he's and it's a peaceful death you know and especially when you become attached to a character you really cannot ask for more than like a good death you know 
Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And I've told you, I love a good death scene. <laughs> I love a well-written death scene. Because there are a lot of really shitty death scenes out there, but then there are really good ones where I'm like, that was beautiful. It was perfect. I loved it, you know? So. Yeah, I thought it was I would definitely ending. include that. Yeah. Um, but, so, okay. So, when they're going, I, I mentioned it before, but when they're going through the tunnel, the reason why I wrote down the death cure was because that totally reminded me of the death cure. Oh, I, didn't oh. I talk about that earlier? Did I talk about, about the, the tunnel yeah. and the death cure? Okay. No. But I didn't talk about the tunnel and the death cure. Because, do you remember how fucking creepy that part was? <laughs> do you remember that? No, I don't, actually. Like, <laughs> it was so scary. It was like, it was so scary. They're going through this tunnel. And, like, in, so in cargo... The zombies are, are hibernating, but in the death cure, they're, like, coming after them. And they're in an armored car. And they have to, like, get through this tunnel, but all these zombies are attacking them. It was, like, really scary. I can't believe you don't remember that. That was such a good scene. I feel like tunnels are a zombie movie trope. Because I can think of, like, 28 Days Later having a tunnel, and you say the death cure has a tunnel, and... I don't I don't remember the one from the Death Gear, honestly. Oh. <laughs> I remember you, it so distinctly because it freaked me I totally out. Believe you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It really freaked me out. And I think the first time I saw Cargo I was thinking of the Death Gear too because I think that came out I think I want to say it came out like 2015 and Cargo came out like 2017. Um but yeah, I just I don't know. I know I know that it's a trope, but I have to say that tunnels in zombie movies, I like that trope because it's so creepy. Like Very and it's spooky. totally dark in there. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's not you know, you're not going to like some well lit tunnel like um there's a there's a tunnel from Detroit to Windsor and um that one is very well lit. It's not like you're going to that, you know, you're going to some place where you're like I don't know if we should go around or we should go through, but we have yeah. really no choice, so we gotta go through. And there's, yep. a, like, no way out, you know? You have to keep going. Yeah. So that's also an interesting yeah. concept of the tunnel idea. Yeah, I agree. It is creepy. Yeah. I'm not yeah. saying it's a bad trope. I'm just Big saying time. it's definitely a trope. It's a trope. It's very common. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I believe it. Um... I would say that I would recommend it totally. I, like, yeah. Da, I, yeah, I, I think it's, if you like zombie films, I think it's, I, I would say if you like zombie films and you're going in to watch a gory, like, you know, fear filled zombie film, you're not going to get this with this because it's not really that scary. Um, but it is very emotionally driven and it's very character driven and it's well written and it, it's, you know, yeah, I, that's what I would say. I would say I if you, especially if you're the type of person who likes scary movies, but not being too scared, Cargo's good. Cargo's good mm -hmm. for that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I um, agree. I would recommend but, it as well. I think it's definitely worth a watch for sure. Yeah. It's a very cool story. Yeah. Like the plot is very cool. 
they took a they took an idea that's been done probably more times than anyone can count and made it pretty as original as they could, I think. So yeah. I really yeah. I would recommend it. Yeah, me too. Okay, so we are actually going to be taking a week off. We will be back the 31st. And meanwhile, you can follow us on Instagram at Watchers and Movies. You can follow us on uh, Facebook. We are also at Watchers and Movies. And we are on Google Play, Spotify, iTunes. Please give us five stars on iTunes. That's how we get out there. Tell your friends about us. And we're on SoundCloud. And um, thanks to Mike for the music. What's his hander, His tw- tw- Twitter handle? <laughs> yeah, it's Mike Myers. <laughs> you can find him on Twitter at the Mike Show Forty Two. So yep. yeah, thanks Mike and for the music. And we'll see y'all in two weeks. Yeah. And we'll Bye. see y'all next year. <laughs> <All right. laughs>